Listener Production. Today, this podcast is being recorded on Gadigal land. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this country and elders past, present. We extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Hi, guys. <laughs> okay, we're back for a chit-chatty episode, which I'm very excited about because we've had structure, we've had structure, we had Rosie, we had, we had fucking rowdy. Uh, rowdy. Rowdy. And now, and now we're back to just us three baby, uh, the three icons, <laughs> Abby, Lem and Oscar. I feel like maybe you guys are going to come for uh, a share of my profits on the podcast soon because you'll now become <laughs> such a part of um, the podcast that a concerned of either, if either of you are ever going to quit, can you please tell me because I will just get, give you a pay rise on our personal money. Actually, probably shouldn't oh, say that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's the way. I'll convince that's Dave Cameron. I'll convince Sam. I'll convince Sam. Before we get into my rant about fucking ableist bullshit happening, I went to, obviously I went to Young Gravy's gig. Oh, how was it? Guess. Did you go together? Did you arrive together? Okay, so obviously we had our date during the day. So it is public knowledge that we hung out the night before he came to the radio station at a pub. That's all we did. <laughs> did you have a drink? We had a Who drink. Paid? We had a drink. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, good Matt. Um, Young Gravy, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking that. I thought there was a third person. I was like, hey, open minded with this. But okay, so Matt. <laughs> Me, What's Matt his last name? With real last name? Howry. Okay. Matt so. Howry. Yeah, he's, um, his dad is Swedish. Anyway, that night ended. And then we had the radio. Um, sorry, uh, one more question. Yeah. One more question. When you left and you said goodbye, did you kiss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a little kiff. So then the next day we had the radio interview. And then the day after that, we had his gig that obviously I was going to go to because I had to for the radio station. I was like, forced. I get forced to go to gigs. It wasn't even that I wanted to go. It was just. <laughs> so we went. I went there with Rowan. Rowan came with me, and um, we went backstage before he went on. Said Chookers, you know. I said, "Good luck, babe." Um, and then we went backstage afterwards. Rowan and I were pissing ourselves the whole time. I did try and fight his DJ at one point um, <laughs> while you know, he's performing. No, after after because what happened oh, okay. was no. What happened was this. His DJ is really good, and he was my favorite person in their little crew. Just so we're all aware, I'm not trying to give him shit. But they were obviously told to play Australian songs. Okay, and they were told like, they played horses before. Gravy came on and then they and they played Kaysan. So random. Kaysan. Kaysan, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And then they played uh what's the other one? Oh, it's a Jolly Swagman. I said (laughs) (laughs) They played the Nutbush as well at one point. Did they actually? Yeah, yeah. Which it was like a fun show. But the issue was that they kept cutting off the songs before the chorus or before the part everyone knew. So he'd be like, I wanna hear y'all sing it. And it's like K-San and it's like, no one knows the verse, babe. Like, no, like, come on. Like, so I got backstage and I said, stop edging us. Like, it's really annoying. Like, I, and then I like, I was like yelling at him. Like I was saying, I was like, it's fucking bullshit. Like I'm sending you no tip. Like you're being fucked. And Rowan's recording me. And I said, how about you play Untouched by Veronica's? So I did a performance Ooh, for them call. of me singing Untouched. <laughs> but I, I was sober, by the way. Sober. Thank God. So then... We go to the Ivy and the point of this story is we're at the Ivy and Gravy's about to perform and Gravy obviously doesn't understand the people like, like I don't think he understands like who I am, which is fine. Like obviously why would he? But he thinks, I think he just thinks I'm like 
like I just do radio. I think he knew how to podcast. I think he knew that I did TV. I think he just thought like, oh, like your radio show, which he thinks is cool. But he mm. didn't realize that obviously like I have people that are fans. One girl came up to me. She was so cute. She was sobbing, like sobbing, <gasps> like oh, crying. Nice. And she didn't, and I, she got a photo of me. And I was like, do you want a photo with gravy as well? And she was like, nah, I'm all right. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, fair enough, babe. <laughs> um, she was sweet. She was so cute. And then um, I looked over into the audience though and all these kids had gotten their Snapchat up and they done these little signs that say, yeah. I love Abby um, Oscar. And I sent it <gasps> to you guys in a group chat and it was so exciting. And I was like, is it is so very nice. cute. I was hoping you could see I it. I do. I do get people regularly telling me like, oh my God. But from my voice, weirdly enough, like if I say something, they're like, are you oh, left? Really? Yeah. And then they like... In like by virtue of seeing me, it feels like they're seeing you for some fucking reason, and they go like, "Oh my mm. god, Abby!" And I'm like, "Yeah, I touched her." <laughs> <laughs> really inappropriately. That is sweet. That oh is my so god, cute. it's really cute. So basically, and then they were, and then one started doing it. Then a lot of them started putting their phones up. So That's that was cute. really cute. Loved that. So thank you to everyone who did that. It was very nice. And you made me seem really cool in front of Young Gravy. <laughs> so uh, I appreciate <laughs> tick, it. Tick, tick. Anyway, so that was the Young Gravy story. And then we're moving on from that immediately because nothing else happened of interest <laughs> and it's fine. <laughs> hot. hot. Um, but I think at his, he, someone DM'd me and said that at the Brisbane show, he said that I made him fairy bread, which was nice. And then oh, cute. someone also made a sign that said Gravy and Abbey or something for his... Brisbane show. People like you as a couple, I feel. so weird. I'll give you a life update. So as we know, I'm in my crush era and I'm continuing said crush era. And it's it's for a number of reasons. Obviously, I don't want a relationship. Mm -hmm. I also just want multiple people at all times so that I can never feel sad and so that I always have dopamine. Like I always have someone that I'm excited to (laughs) speak to. And right now I have three consistent ones and I've been so happy. It's been so nice. I don't feel attached to any of them, but I really like all of them and I get like butterflies through all of them, but it hasn't been toxic and it's been very like open communication. It's been very nice. I've been happy about it, right? Okay. On the weekend, on the weekend, all three of my favourites – there's more than three, but all three of my favorite ones, all of them ignored me all weekend. And oh. I actually went crazy. I was Googling my name to see if there was like an article of me like <laughs> shitting in the woods or something. Like I was like, I was like, I was like. Have I Why? Done? Because you would have done that? Well, I don't know. I did, I did, I did pee in a bush the other day. And I thought maybe there's like, I don't know. I thought maybe there's like, or, may, or maybe, or maybe there's, or maybe there's a rumor somewhere. Maybe there's a rumour somewhere. No, we were working and there was no toilet, so I had to be in a bush. But maybe there's maybe there's like a rumour going around or something and I was so scared. I felt physically sick for like four days. Like I was like – and then um, two of the three have replied to me, but the third one hasn't. But it's okay. I'm accepting that one as a loss that I'm moving on from it. Um, but two, two or three is still good. Dopamine's back. And it's crazy the difference in my mood, which is scaring me because I've become reliant on their attention. Mm. How much is it like the moment before you get the text message, how you feel, and in the moment you get that text message, like you you think the worst things in the world just before you get the text. You're like, what have I done? What have I said? I was too keen. I did this. I did that. The moment you get that text message, you're like, oh, my God. And I go, oh, my God, that's embarrassing. They're so obsessed with me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why does it be a paragraph? I don't want to reply to that. Like, stop it. Like, you're annoying me now. I don't have time. Me sitting around on my phone being like, 
Why haven't you replied? <laughs> the one who's gone MIA watched my stories last night, so I think he's cancelled. I think I've actually cancelled him in oh. my brain. Because he's watched the story but hasn't replied. Or she, um, sorry, I assumed that yeah, it was yeah. he. Sorry, my bad. No, it's a he. But um, no, Fuck he, him. Um, yeah, if, it's, if they're not giving the energy, you can't put energy into them. Yeah, well, the thing is, we, we, there was energy going back and forth all last week. I even got a Valentine's Day text from them. And then... Mm. I know, big a big deal. One. And then they asked for my schedule and they didn't reply to when I sent them my schedule. And I was like, well, fuck you then. Um, look, it's okay. I've moved on because I've got I've got 66% of my roster back on back, back in action. <laughs> that is just an opening now. But I had like a really nice time with this one. I was really upset because I felt like we were like. Did it make you want them more because they haven't texted? No. You know what? I, I was actually really happy about how I was feeling about them. That I went to their house last time and it was like the, one of the best nights I've ever had with anyone. And we've been, you know, fucking for a while. And we were both just kind of like, what the fuck is this? Like what the fuck just happened? Mm. And it was really nice. And I even, I, oh, I can't what? even say it. You squared it on the couch. What? Say. Okay. No, I made him. No, I made him breakfast. Oh, because he was working. I made him scrambled eggs. So that's, a, that's a bit extreme. And then, because he was working, I then rearranged and cleaned out his fridge. No, 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 no. Domestic no. goddess. Is it, no, sorry, sorry, wag. <laughs> sorry. What the hell? I was like. Um, I actually felt physically, well, I didn't have medication because I didn't have medication because I wanted to come. So I was like, so bored waiting for, waiting for them to finish working. Oh my God. I literally, I literally made him breakfast, took it to him. Oh my God. I actually hate myself. And then brought the plate inside, cleaned the kitchen from the night before and then cleaned the dishes, did everything, even like scrubbed the sink and then rearranged the fridge and emptied things out. And then I just like sat on the couch and read a book until it came in. Wow. wow. How, what was the time difference? Like when you like left Between when we woke up, when I woke up. Yeah. Well, he's up before me, but it was, it would have been like, like an hour and a half. Maybe I was doing all this <laughs> scrambled eggs, babe, with goat's cheese. And I even put fucking shallots in it. I, I hate myself. I actually hate myself. No, because, and, and that's when I knew I was in too deep. I thought, <laughs> I thought when I, when I was chopping up, when I was cleaning a shallot and I was chopping it up, finally, I thought, oh, I'm doing far too much for this man. I've always loved him. Like I always love being around him. And I've always liked, like, you know, I really value his friendship and like who he is. But I thought we've crossed a line here. This is, this is now I'm trying to make you happy. Like I, I should have gone home. Like I was like, but then I was like waiting. Oh my God. Fuck my life. Because the sex was so good. And then I was just like, we had such a nice night and like a very like emotionally open night. And mm. he saw the video of me talking about him one time on the podcast and he was like it was nice that you spoke about me and I was like that's weird that you're happy about that but okay cool I was like don't listen to the whole episode and he was like no I would never and I was like no I think <laughs> I think just snippets are okay and it was very it was like really nice I don't think I have like full bone feelings with him but I had like a crush again on him which is why I did the mm. shallots yeah yeah the shallots and the egg I Sorry. mean I'm in a four-year relationship and I don't do that <laughs> I'm joking. Babe, I don't even do this for myself. Like, am I fucking kidding? My fridge has like strawberries, a little they're dipped in fucking white chocolate, but it's just mold. And this bitch has got me fucking cleaning out his fridge. Are you fucking, and he didn't even, he didn't even ask for it. it like literally, I, I was just like, I want to make you happy and I want to make you relaxed because you've been stressed lately. <laughs> I, I was naked. 
Hey, why are you making breakfast? You're naked. That's hot. <laughs> that that changes did, the story entirely. I'm sorry, but that changes yeah. things. <laughs> Positive, like we had like a really nice. What I'm saying is like if 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 I if it was the first night ever with him, you gotta I'd be, like, be oh careful. God, you could go to a kitchen bed. We like each other, but because because that's not our thing, I have to just forget about kitchen it. Bird. Um, but it was like the fucking. It was so much fun. We had so much. I was like, it was oh my god, it was fucking amazing. And then we had like DMs about like us caring about each other. And then um, when I gave him it, plate, he's like, oh my god, it was so good. The, the, the onion things in there were so yum. So yeah, that was um, that was a low point in my life but I'm never doing it again I actually think I actually had I got home and took a long hard look in the mirror and I thought I was like that's disappointing I'm so disappointed in you like I was like that's that's embarrassing that's fucking even though I've known this person for like almost two years now and I really care about him like I really do I've told him all this I really really care about him but like that's a bit much the fridge the fridge yes like Uh, that's where I the maybe that's why he's not speaking I mean, I don't know. No, it's like the worst job ever. It's the worst job. It's the job you do not want to do ever. Yeah. You leave it for months. And but months it was and months really and months and months. messy. And I just thought like, and, and there was a clear way to organize it. Like all the cheeses. Like. <laughs> do you know what it was? It was, it was your, the dopamine in your brain was going, is, was exploding. So you were just on this high in the morning and you're like, you know what? I will make you eggs. Yes. W- you know what? It's a bit of Meredith's goat's cheese. It's Meredith. a little bit of shallots. Literally. literally. And, I, and I also cooked them with butter, not with oil. Mm. So it would be more like, and I tried to, and I cooked them on low. You know how with scrambled eggs, you just get it done. I had patience and I was like, I was like, I was wow. acting like I was Bill Granger. Like it was like, it was, it was like, I was fucking, I was even going to go. Oh my God. I, I, I think, I think, that, I think the dopamine from the really good sex and I was so happy to be there and I was off medication. So I had all this energy mm. and I think it was just that. I don't think it was anything about yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. Well, just. Mm. Well, at least you've got the 66%. Yeah. And you know what? I do have to move on from this one because as we can hear, it made me a bit too happy to be around him this time. Usually I'm Okay. But this time it was a bit too happy. It was a, I was a, I, I drove home and I was smiling. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what I call that? You know. A well-being attack. So it's the opposite to an anxiety attack. But it's like when things are so That's good, so good. <laughs> things are so good. Okay. You're like, oh my God. It's like, it generally happens like on a Saturday morning. It's good weather. The, your favorite song comes up on the radio. You've just had a coffee and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm having a well-being. It's a WBA. I'm having a WBA right now. Oh my God. That. And yeah, like, that's what it is. And you're like, I'm. Well, I think something's going to go very wrong now. And look, it has. It was a great week. I got a Valentine's <laughs> Day text. I was so happy, but I felt so comfortable with like how everyone was. All my crushes. I was like, yes, everyone's. We've communicated. Yes, I like fuck yeah. And then now it's been five days of no message. But you know what? It's it's actually fine because it genuinely I need to think of it as it is for the best that he's ghosted me because I would have become full blown in love with him. Mm. Could it be a possibility? Because you're saying that he was really vibing that night, and you also got a text message, a Valentine's Day text message. Could it be that he was like, oh my gosh, I might also be enjoying this too? And he wasn't mm, in this Yeah, state that's of mind. what I thought. And it's caught him by surprise. And now he's like, I'm just going to back off. Because if you're avoidant, what do you do? When, think, when, when it starts to get good, yeah. you back off, don't you? If, and the hard thing for you, you is... Got you. <laughs> got ya, got ya. <laughs> but the hard thing for you is, is though, and the mind fuck for you is, is you think to yourself, 
you don't want to you don't want to believe that that's true because then it's almost like you're confirming your feelings about him as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I don't think he has feelings. I really don't think he has feelings for me. I really don't. I think he likes. I think he loves me being around. I believe he values me and he cares about me. Like I I was just so happy to see him because he's like the calmest person in my life. And he was saying to me, like, you know, you can come here and just be quiet and you don't have to talk. You don't have to impress me. And I cried because I was like, oh, my oh God, I know. It was that is really very nice. cute. Anyway, cancelled. So moving on, um, <laughs> clean your own fridge. <laughs> The thing I want to speak about today mainly, I did have a Q&A plan, but I think we'll do another day because I've already spoken for how long? 30 minutes. 26 minutes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so lonely up here. I'm like, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing at this. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see you guys. I'm like, oh, my God. Fucking hell. like you're captive. You're held hostage somebody. You're like, I'm just going to go through my whole personal life. <laughs> me, I'm, I'm like, this is fucking crazy. I'm like, someone text me. I've been asking people to send me voice notes instead of text so that I can play them in the back. Background while I'm at home alone. So it's like someone's with me. <laughs> I sound insane. Um, okay. So because all I'm doing is working. I get up, I go to work. I get up, I go for a run, I go to work. I come home, I go to sleep, I get up. I go, like it's, that's all I've been doing. Mm. Anyway, so there's been a bit of, uh, I mean, this is now, when this comes out, this will not be very like timely, everyone, just so you're aware. We are aware we're pre-recording this BTS behind the curtain, guys, because there's been a bit of stress. But I do still think it's a it's a conversation that's, that's relevant at all times. Mm. Emrociano basically recently spoke about how good it is that there was a sensory room at a Harry Styles concert. And I think M was M did a story saying how good it is and how and how great that is because she's been diagnosed with autism and also she has ADHD and she's been very vocal about ADHD and she has had a recent ASC, which is autism spectrum diagnosis. So she's very vocal about all these things. And I love Em. She's always been so lovely to me. She's one of the huge reasons why I got diagnosed and why I had a final push. She spoke to me at the Logies mm. about it mm. and she was just lovely and amazing. And uh, she always supports me and DMs me whenever I post ADHD things, even when I'm on like a, ADHD dopamine fueled rant. She'll DM me and be like, babe, it's okay, but just like breathe. I know you're running, like, I know, I know how you're feeling right now and it's fucked and I get why you're angry, but just like put the phone down and have a little breather. Like, she's kind of mm. like ADHD big yeah. sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I really like Em. She's always been very supportive and great and I think she's fucking fantastic. So she posted that, which is a fairly, well, a very kind of inconsequential story into like not it's not a provocative story like it's not inconsequential because so, it's very good but it's so so the sensory room at marvel stadium for harry styles concert like what's in there and why is that good for autism i think it's like silence it's quiet it's kind of like how they have like quiet hours at woolies where you there's like an hour of no music at woolies I and think i think there's textures like i think things you can touch that kind of like oh. if somebody's basically if you have if you're very stimulated it can kind of calm you down a little bit and just de oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. just de-stimulate you. I don't know yeah. if that's a word, but the opposite of stimulation. Yeah, like yeah, like when you have sensory overload because Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and when people want to uh, people want to stim, which is like like people with ADHD do it as well, where like you like fidget spinners and Spinner. things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like sti that's like stimming. So she posted this very great thing to people know and also she's so vocal about advocacy for ADHD and for neurodivergencies of all kind. And, of course, she's going to post it. Great. 
then gorgeous angel Michelle Laurie decides to jump in. Now, Michelle Laurie, I have beef with you. I will say this because Michelle Laurie, when I was calling uh, Britt Hockley out for slut shaming me, which I still haven't got no apology for, side note. Anyway, basically she posted this thing. It was like poor Brittany Abbey's bullied her for her saying four words. And as we know, it wasn't four words, but basically Michelle Laurie is already a bit off center in my books. So she's continued to go further off center somehow. She basically has said that Emrishiano has faked her autism diagnosis and her, I don't know if she said she faked her ADHD diagnosis, but she definitely said she faked her um, autism diagnosis and said that she's tired of celebrities making attention seeking posts and that she is a mother of an uh, ASD child, autistic spectrum disorder. um, And that she says she stands by what she said about certain adults well known for attention seeking and their recent posts about their diagnosis. Next time you hear a grown celebrity say they're on the spectrum, please whisper in your mind, fuck you, you successful motherfucker. Obviously you aren't very far along the spectrum. I do believe she also called Emrushiano a cunt. I swear she called her a cunt. Yes, here we go. In a comment, in a comment, in a comment. Here we go. So Michelle Laura <laughs> then comments this. I have a close family member on the spectrum and I don't appreciate people leaping on the bandwagon, A, for clout and B, to excuse the appalling behavior that's caused their previous poor career outcomes. A cunt is a, just a cunt and always will be a cunt. I mean, that sounds yeah. personal to me. Like That beyond- sounds personal. Yeah. Many beautiful people are on the autism spectrum. It's so like patronizing and they should never be confused with the kind of people who try to claim the diagnosis retroactively to explain their poor behavior. There's a few things here. Now, Michelle Laurie, is it a good idea to call someone else a cunt as a cunt as a cunt? No, you're a dickhead. And I can call you that because it seems you're okay with name calling. It's the classic thing of like, well, my kid has autism, so I can then determine what autism looks like in everyone, everyone. Neurodivergencies look different in everyone. That is why it is so hard to get diagnosed, particularly in women. Women are really underdiagnosed. And it's the same thing as the ADHD people saying that people are faking ADHD um, or clout reason really weird. Like what clout do you get? I've I, I, I never yeah. heard of anyone be like, I don't know, impressed by an ADHD or autism diagnosis in a clout way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know how that would benefit Emrushiano to have a fake diagnosis and speak about it publicly. And she speaks about it in such a way that's advocating for the whole community. It's helping others like, and herself because she is a part of that community. Look, I think it's very easy for people in this industry, particularly women with internalized misogyny, to say that someone in this industry is just a bitch or is just... Obviously, Michelle may have had a run-in with Emrushiano in the past. Like you said, Oscar, it sounds personal. Or maybe she's heard things about Emrushiano. I've only ever had positive interactions with Em. Really, really, really positive. Like like I said, like she's been so... Be- gone out of her way to be lovely to me. Because it's so underdiagnosed in women, if M has had days maybe when she's had sensory overload or she's overstimulated and she has snapped at someone, like I almost did this morning with ADHD, I, I was like, I just need to get out of here. And everyone was trying to help me, offering me food. And I was like, I just need to get, please, please just get me out of here. 
it probably would have seemed rude if someone only met me that one time and then it's very easy to say that someone is a cunt if they're having a sensory overload and having basically what feels like a panic attack and then you just say things to get you out of that situation or to feel like you've said something. So Michelle mm. may have had interaction with M and now we're saying it doesn't excuse poor behaviour. But actually, I think if it's something like she's had, she's been quiet on set or she's had an outburst or she's been a bit difficult when she, to interview or vice versa, if she's, there are so many things when it comes to autism and neurodivergencies that I think there needs to be some understanding. I don't know if excuse is the right word, but you're saying that she's just a cunt and she's using that as an excuse retroactively for something that I'm not even sure Emma Rochelle knows what the fuck you're talking about, Michelle Laurie. Yeah. Like, she's like, it's an excuse M didn't, M didn't mention you. M was talking about a sensory room and how excited she was that that was available. Like, what the, well, now what's a retroactive excuse? No one was talking about you, Michelle Lowry. No one. Uh, not one person. So, yeah, I just, I just find it really, really fucked up. And it's just, it's so ableist as well to say that you know exactly what, able, what autism looks like in different people when it's, it's very different in everyone. And the most understandable reason behind M's perceived, quote unquote, poor behavior that Michelle Laurie is claiming is that she's a cunt. Not that she has autism um, or that she maybe was being overstimulated. Well, um, and it's easy for her to fill in that narrative because of her internal misogyny going, well, she's just a cunt. Like, I don't know. This thing is, I think there's a fine line with like now disorders being, you know, made more public and people talking about these things in the open. I think that there is this delineation between somebody being like, so bitchy and they have to be accountable for their behavior or kind of blaming whatever they're going through, whatever they've been diagnosed with. So there is something to say about like, you can't actually treat people shit and then say, hey, that wasn't me. That was my disorder. Having said that, I do have a mom with schizophrenic affective disorder, which is bipolar and schizophrenia. So I can I can tell you that I've just made this kind of thing about delineation but it actually can be hard when you're in the relationship right like my mom sometimes says the harshest fucking things and I just know she's going through an episode and I just know as her daughter how to differentiate between when she's having a psychosis and when she's not but Mm. it's hard for people to understand mental health and and neurodivergence within the wider setting when they don't understand the person. So on the large scale, I don't think it's very good to normalize treating people like shit and blaming it on your, you know, neurodivergence or whatever. But at the same time, there are certain things and behaviors and patterns that as a result of overstimulation or whatever, that you can trace it. So it's basically, you can't excuse it, but you can understand it. I think like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think as well, the, the key point here is that Michelle was just accusing M of trying to quite like cover something up when it wasn't even a topic of conversation. So it's like, she's just attacked her for no reason. And also saying it's for attention. I mean, well, does she, is she getting confused? Does she think that it's trendy almost and that therefore she's jumping in on the trend by yeah. going to this cool Harry Styles concert? She's going into the sensory room and that she don't, doesn't only just have ADHD, which is apparently supposed to be trendy, but also has autism. Maybe that's what she was a little bit confused with. Yeah. But even still, stay in your own lane. Mind Why your own does fucking it matter? business. Michelle Laurie, at the end of the day, in theory, if M... If someone was faking a diagnosis, how does that affect you, Michelle Laurie? It doesn't, babe. It doesn't. No one mentioned you yet again. Yet again. 
Yeah. He came running into the room with new information. Everyone said, who the fuck are you? That's what happened. She came in with the newspaper going, I've got a, I've got a screw. People have all gone, who are you? We're working. So we have some audio. Should yeah. we play it or have we already yeah, spoken yeah, yeah. about it? No, no. Em responded. And M's em, so eloquent, so I'd love to hear M's exact words. Accusing me of faking autism is kind of wild. I have a detailed report. I recorded the sessions so I could remember them. My friends and family were interviewed. Um, like, I... Uh, I shouldn't have to, but if it came to it, I have all the receipts. It's just, it's just wild. It's so wild that someone thinks it's okay to say, oh no, you're faking it because your life appears a certain way, because you're high functioning. I'm not, I'm pretty dysfunctional actually. I just learned how to survive. And you just can't compare, just because you know one autistic person doesn't mean you know all autistic people. It, I'm really been blown away at the ignorance and the ableist attitudes that are out there. I'm, and it makes me scared for my son because he's level two and I don't know, man. You can hear how upset she is. It's so exhausting because, because like me having a diagnosis in my adulthood for ADHD, you're kind of gaslit by the medical community and by everyone being like, oh, you're just forgetful. Oh, you're just always like, oh, you're so, oh, you talk but so you much. Know, oh you God, know yeah. how to survive. Huh? That sort of, it's like it's people saying, oh, yeah, but you've been able to survive. Are you yeah. high functioning? Oh, but you're successful. Fine. Yeah. And it's like, well, internally I'm not coping, but you can hear how broken, it makes me want to cry. Like you can hear how upset she is and the fact that she's even having to say, I can... Like, if you need me to, I can prove it. Like, she's so, like, mm. earnest. And it's the fact that it's made her feel like that. And also she feels things so much heavier. Like, I think Em and I have a very similar way. Like, that's why she can message me and say, I know you're feeling this. She'd be so exhausted and frustrated and concerned for her child and also just feeling things so heavily. And, I mean, I personally, sometimes when, when that Megan Marks thing was happening, it's like, have I just tricked everyone into thinking that I have this disorder? And then you have to kind of go back and go, no, like, I tick literally every criteria. I Like, I have – like, you, you have to convince – because everyone it's, – it's mental health and neurodivergency just – they're not visible to people. So you have to somehow convince yourself that you are the diagnosis you are because that diagnosis can often bring a lot of relief. So then when it's questioned, you then go back into thinking, I am just a cunt as Michelle Laurie thinks. <laughs> like it's fucking ridiculous. So um, I love you. You're amazing. And um, I'm sorry if this has fucking happened. It's absolute bullshit. Um, but thanks for always being so vocal and, and staunch. And also you don't have to be all the time. You don't have to always... Uh, have the weight of these communities on your shoulders, but you're appreciated. So love you, Queen. Also, I got to speak to Kim Petrus. So go to the Hot Nights podcast and you'll be able to listen to it there because Kim Petrus is a slay. We love her. My coconuts. Ah. Moving on. All right. Bye, guys. I'll see you next week. You ever heard that song?